Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we've got your responses to cover. We're going to be talking about the latest news as far as Twitch drops and some speculation around the Herald of the Flame. That's right. Someone very special to us is coming back and a little different than we last saw them. So sit back, relax, and let's get into it. But before we get into any of that, I have to thank the patrons because they are the ones that are supporting this content just like you can if you head over to patreon.com forward slash Killhawn podcast. So shout out to the gold hoarders who are People's Republic, L Cute, Balls, Bam Bam Bagel, Captain Hasco, Captain A's, Chateau Neuf, Zombie Killer, Cloud, Cosmic Johnson, Static Mir, Davram TV, El Jefe Esteban, Fergatron, Trickster, Jabaro5, Carl Embo, Kazia the Rogue, Lumpy RSR, Lumpy SRQ, sorry Lumpy, uh, Dub Dub Goose, Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Murphy Lives, Mutinous Max, Raja the Brave, Registella, Replicated Flame, Rust Belt Kid, Norwegian, Skamelt 666, Sudesh, Captain Dasm, That Kilted Guy, TN Professor, Real Big Tuna, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Music Me, The Lord Chronologist, Dead Eye Dre, Heger Owl, I'm st- I still like pause before I'm saying that. Ghost Boy 20, Evil Marfa, Peter Miller, Ruski Doo, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It really does help me out uh, and helps make keep the dream alive. It helps kind of make things happen. So thank you all so much. And uh, I look forward to our, our Gold Hoarder episode at the end of each month. First up on today's docket, let's dive into your responses as of uh, the last episode. So if you didn't listen to last episode and you're jumping into this one, uh, we were having the discussion or I was having the discussion that was prompted by one of the community members to kind of talk about Xbox party chat versus PC players and how Xbox uh, has to choose between either in-game voice or uh, party chat if they want to be able to play Sea of Thieves. Um, they can swap between the two and I tested this out and uh, this was a suggestion that I'd seen in one of the responses but if you happen to have an Xbox wireless controller you can always uh, customize the buttons in there. You can have shortcut buttons that will give you an additional set of shortcuts but you have to hold down one of the paddle buttons or one of the other buttons to be able to trigger the shift button functionality which does work but there that's a lot of stuff to remember when you're actually trying to play in the heat of a battle or you're just out and about Um, but what you can do is you can actually have the party chat pop up uh, so that if you want to um, swap into game audio versus uh, pc or party audio you can actually just attach that to one of the shortcuts for the um, elite uh, controllers out there so just a, a heads up in case you guys um, were thinking about ways you could actually get around that or, or to be able to switch. Uh, the trouble comes in is obviously when you when that doesn't work, when in-game audio isn't working for some reason, because every once in a while, uh, a patch will come through with Sea of Thieves and you won't be able to actually hear people in-game. It's very odd, happens occasionally, not really sure what it's tied to, but definitely something that can hinder uh, the, the, the ability to kind of chat with other people if you're trying to, you know, get, get in touch with them or get in uh, dialogues with them to be able to get them to either, you know, stop fighting you or if you want to try and get an alliance or if you're trying to uh, do something to work on accommodation or heck, even if you're just trying to do glitter beard, uh, it's really, really hard for Xbox players to be able to do that and have a way to chat privately. So PC players, on the other hand, they, they get the benefit of uh, being able to have, you know, they can have Xbox party chats, uh, they can talk in game, they can use Discord, they can use Teams, I am Instant Messenger if they really want to, AOL chat. There's plenty of ways that if you want to be able to talk to people privately, then you can do that. And even some streamers go as far as to have a little push to talk that they can toggle with a little foot pedal. And I haven't ever seen a foot pedal set up for the Xbox, unless you're maybe playing Forza Horizon 5, which that's a potential. Maybe maybe we just need to get like a, a foot pedal uh, thing to be able to plug into our Xbox. Then we can set those up with different pedal actions. And one will be like switch into party chat, switch into game chat. And that's how we can get around it. I don't know. You, you guys tell me if, if, if you work that out, let me know. But um, to get to the to the responses, uh, first off, thank you to everyone that did reach out to me. Um, I read it all, uh, believe it or not. 
And um, while I didn't always respond to everyone, I figured this would be kind of the easiest way to get in touch with all of you as opposed to having to take a couple hours out of my week to to kind of individually respond to all of the feedback that I got. So I did want to read some of these uh, responses because I, I figured you guys put in the time, uh, you sent me the message, I figured it, it would be good to kind of read this out so that other folks can kind of hear what your thoughts are on it too. So I'm going to exclude everyone's um, names out of this uh, just because if you wrote it, you know who who you are. Um, so otherwise, you guys will just kind of get the, the anonymous feedback here. But I uh, got an e- email in, believe it or not says just listen to the pod talking about the toggle uh, to talk issue on xbox as an xbox player i want to say thank you for bringing this issue into the spotlight as it's one that has frustrated me about this game for some time now not being able to easily interact with other crews without sacrificing the privateness of crew chat drastically changes player interactions between two servers and game devices Because other games on Xbox have similar issues with respect to game chat versus private chat audio, I do think you are correct when you say that it's an Xbox audio function design and not Sea of Thieves, especially when you consider that the functionality is already there for Sea of Thieves players on PC. Being that the functionality of push to talk already exists within Sea of Thieves, I think there is an opportunity to take advantage of it to better serve Xbox players with respect to this issue. My solution is this. For Xbox players, instead of making push to talk mute yourself or unmute yourself on open world, it should allow you to toggle in between crew chat only and versus game chat. This would allow for an easy transition between crew and game chat without having to toggle party chat options or fumble around with a megaphone during combat. Xbox players could then always be in crew chat like party chat with the ability to toggle it open world game chat. Though game chat doesn't seem to have the quality uh, audio quality as Xbox Party or the new Discord servers on Xbox, I think it's a small price to pay to be able to talk easily with other crews. Let me know your thoughts on this one. And so I was thinking about it, and I I do think that would be a very interesting thing to really kind of test around with. You would probably want to have some sort of readable UI uh, on your HUD so that you could tell like which one you're in, right? Because at the moment we really only get the uh, little speaking trumpet above our name and above our gamer tag, and they're not really a good indicator outside of someone is trying to talk to you, and you can see them talking when they open up their mic, right? So you'd want to have a good way to to show that you're uh, in game chat or in uh, crew chat right off the bat without having to um, think about it, right? Like if there's a way to have like up in the top little corner uh, or down by your health bar that shows that you're in crew chat, then you can instantly recognize that you're in crew chat. You know you can speak to them or not. Or if you toggle that, then it'll show open chat or open world. And that'll let you know like, hey, you're speaking to everyone at this point. Everyone can hear you, including your your crew. So I like it. I think it's a good idea. I think you would want to make sure that you're adding two ways of uh of of accessibility to it either a, a visual and and uh, probably a spoken or a written way for people to be able to to tell the difference easily without having to wonder like am i in crew chat or am i in open world chat and if you could solve that then i think you've got a, a good solution to being able to keep things privately with just your crew and then being able to change it so that it's just open world uh chat and i think that's actually a, a fairly good solution for for what we're talking about here it would remove the necessity for xbox party chat which could keep things a little bit uh easier when you were trying to um what's it called when you're trying to make sure that folks aren't dropping in on your parties the one trouble that it does run into is uh i know a lot of folks who tend to get multiple ships on servers. Um, they usually like roll for ships and they'll get like one or two, sometimes even three if, if, if everyone happens to land on the same server. And as a result, uh, those crews typically go off, they do their own thing, um, but because there's so many friends involved, they usually stay in a party chat that kind of allows them to be able to chat with everyone, uh, not just the people that are in their crew. So they can actually go off and sail on their own, do their own thing, and they'll be in different parts of the world, but they'll still be able to talk to each other, even though they're part of separate crews. Uh, so Xbox Party Chats would still 
uh, in Discord servers in this case too, um, would still serve that functionality if that's what they were going to. Uh, and it would remove the, um, the ease of access to being able to talk to just your crew or the open world um, that the, that is given by the solution that you're you're proposing here so um, i did want to thank you again for for sending in the email i think it was a brilliant idea and that's why i wanted to share it on here um, i also got uh another one this was a discord message that i i swear i clipped this i thought i clipped it where is it there it is okay i did clip it i remembered that i clipped it but i wanted to write it find it so uh this one um came in through discord dms and uh again like like i said you guys, I may not respond to everyone, but I, I will always read uh, everything that that gets sent to me. So um, if I don't respond, it's probably because I'm saving it for like an episode or something. So um, this person wrote in, said, hey, dude, uh, I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm totally here for it. I'm currently listening to the latest one, episode 243, where you talk about Xbox voice chat. My wife and I both play on Xbox, so I thought I'd share our experiences. I've been playing since season five. Wow, that's actually pretty recent. And she's only recently started playing with me. With the only, uh, with the only gaming experience she's had previous is Animal Crossing. That's actually pretty fun. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Animal Crossing. I recently got back into my island to clean it up a bit. And uh, I kind of hit that, that wall with... Animal Crossing, like there's really not a whole lot that I want to do on it. So, and, and I've kind of terraformed my my island to to look how I want it to look. Uh, so really, there's I'm I'm kind of at the uh, the end with Animal Crossing. I don't even know how many hours I have in it, but it's it's a it's a a shameful amount. Um, moving into the rest of the message, most of my friends play it on PC. So for the most part, my wife and I play on cross-platform servers. It's frustrating not being able to play in-game chat and party chat at the same time. But it usually isn't a big deal since I have my PC friends with me who we jokingly call the pirate ambassador since they act as the go-between us and other crews. I do not believe PC has much advantage over Xbox other than communications. Xbox can hotkey items, etc., just like PC, and while it is a bit easier for PC to do the fancy swipe things with the mouse when they're using a sword, controller has an easier time with cannons. That being said, when I play SOT with just my wife, we tend to play on Xbox-only servers. Why, Panda, you might ask? Well, let me tell you, my dude. While you don't believe PC players have a significant advantage over Xbox players besides communicating, side note, Xbox players can also play the on keyboard and mouse. I thought about doing it. It has been my experience that the sweatier players tend to play on PC, like the kind of players that roll in and just crush you and you never even stood a chance. Also, aimbot is definitely a thing. I've been on a crew with someone who used it, and I left because even though I wasn't using it, it just felt dirty. Anyways, the people that tend to find on Xbox uh, only server, no, yeah, the people that tend to find on Xbox only servers are a brand new players slash squeakers who picked up the game on Game Pass, or b moderately experienced pirates who are trying to avoid PC players because they think they'd be at a disadvantage. Xbox-only servers also tend to have lower population, so it's all kinds, or it, so it all kind of creates a great atmosphere for me to play with my wife without having to worry about basically being a solo player if we get into a fight. LOL. As far as why Xbox can't be in party chat, party and game chat at the same time, it's my understanding that Xbox party chat and the game chat operate on the same client. So you can't hear both at the same time since the Discord feature allows uh, work through the party chat. It's the same situation. I don't know if that's true. It's just what I've been told. If it is true, the issue would be on Microsoft's side, not Rare's. Sorry for rambling, but I love SOT and I got tired of talking back to you while I was uh, painting and listening to your podcast. Passersbys were looking at me like I was crazy. Well, thanks for writing in. I appreciate it. Um, to kind of go through and address some of the stuff that you talked about, uh, I myself play on both. Um, I, I believe PC has uh, an easier time, and that may just because that may just be because I started um, on Sea of Thieves with PC, uh, but I have a much easier time getting through hotkeys and being able to 
just kind of operate on mouse and keyboard. Um, if I plug a mouse and keyboard into my Series X, I, I feel the same way. It's, it's just a difference of uh, which piece of hardware I'm using. Controller for me is still, I'm still good at controller, uh, but realistically, like it's the turn speed is, is the biggest factor for me uh, in, in that situation. Um, I do think that Xbox servers tend to be a little more balanced. I think I've, I've found pretty good crews on both sides. Um, I fought really good crews on PC and I fought really good crews on Xbox only servers. Uh, just kind of depends. I think I have, um, less toxicity in Xbox only servers because a majority of the time, everyone is either in a party chat, um, and they don't usually, you either don't hear them or they're not talking to you. Uh, so you don't get that, that kind of drive-by toxicity that you get with pc players who um, and not pc players in general but the the toxic people tend to be on pc as a result of being able to talk privately and in uh in and in game chat as well too um and i typically use uh, xbox party chat for i'd say about 50 percent of my um playing on sot when it comes to pc uh i, I would say that the streams that i do with uh, davram on saturdays and uh, the, the rest of the Keelhold crew, that tends to be when I'm usually in Discord because Davram hates Xbox party chat. Uh, so we, we usually use Discord for that situation. But most of the time, I'm usually running with people who are both on Xbox and PC. So I usually default to using Xbox app uh, or the Game Bar app and um, in-game voice when I'm on PC. But that's that's usually when I'm not streaming. Uh, so and and. I will say, I, I think it's great that you and your wife are, are jumping into play. I think it's fantastic that you guys have an opportunity to jump in together. Um, Xbox only servers are definitely a little more low key than I would say PC servers are. And I, I think that just is is um, due to the nature of, you know, who has access to the content like Xbox players on Xbox servers usually find out about xbox only servers and you're usually going there because they know it's going to be a little more even keel as far as balance go i also know friends that are uh very prolific on controller and can dumpster anyone on xbox and pc servers so it just depends on familiarity with the uh, peripherals at that point um, but generally i i kind of hand it more towards pc players having a little more of an edge just because of the nature of the interactions but again i it's it's all it's all kind of perspective in, in some cases, like you can point to stuff and say like, well, the, mechanically, this is easier uh, on this versus this, but it really does come down to the player, right? It comes down to how good are you with the controllers that you're using? How good are you with the mouse and keyboard that you're using? Um, like I don't do any of the weird DPI stuff that, that a lot of first person shooters on PC know how to do. Like I, I know that I have a DPI and I know that I can change the DPI, but I forget that I have DPI probably 99% of the time that I'm actually playing anything that pertains to shooting something um, until one day I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. If I'm going to be sniping, I could probably lower the DPI and that'd make it a little bit easier. But the whole flick thing, I don't even bother with that. I don't, I don't know how those guys do it. Not something I want to learn. No, don't play anything that really needs me to do that. So, but um, thank you again for writing in. Uh, it was great to get some of the feedback from you guys. Um, and, and really like this was, th these were like two examples. I had a lot of folks reach out to me and, and say some really nice stuff about being able to hear it. So I'm glad that you all felt like, uh, this was a good, a good topic to kind of discuss, um, and, and really kind of address. Cause I, I do hope that rare is able to, to take a look at it and see if there's anything that can be done to kind of alleviate some of the issues there, um, outside of, again, using the speaking trumpet with the, the secondary action and the, the primary function of it, uh, being able to use, um, pirate text. I think those things are, are good, are good things to kind of have on the side, but, uh, realistically, like it, it is, it is still a little tough for Xbox players to be able to talk with their crew and with other crews, uh, but have the ability to keep things private. Cause I think that's where you get some of that fun play style, right? Like 
if if you can if you can kind of keep things between your crew then you can start kind of formulating plans and i think that's the fun thing about sea of thieves is is you can always go in with interesting intentions like you can always go in uh planning on 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 attacking someone we'll take it from the we'll take it from the attacking perspective this time instead of the uh, the alliance perspective but uh you can always plan on going in to, to to attack someone and as soon as you get there you know someone shoots some shoots themselves over there they get on board, they drop the anchor, they start putting stuff on fire, they kill the other person, um, or they get killed and they, they see him on the ferry and they have a conversation on the ferry because that's, that's all you can do. The, you know, the reduced times have kind of stopped that, I think. But, uh, you know, you can have conversations with people on the ferry and sometimes you can actually have very interesting conversations that will change the actual outcome of the interaction between the two crews. But if you can't always do that, and you come back to your crew and you can't explain what happened on the ferry, then you can't really like everyone is still kind of in the mindset of, okay, we need to sink them. We need to do this and kind of thing. And, and you could actually end up be doing something really, really rough. Like you, you might run into a rare dev on the Sea of Thieves, but if you don't have a way to communicate with them, and that's because you're playing on Xbox and you're keeping it close to the party, you know, you want to keep your party chat going. So you know what's going on and you don't recognize the rare devs, uh, a gamer tag or their sales or something like that, then you might miss out an opportunity to a either you know meet up with the dev or sync them and and have that to boast, uh, or or you know you you might get some really good tidbit of information from them. You know they might tell you about the next season or something like that, and not having that is kind of a bummer. One of the other things that I did want to talk about was um, something that came as a result of, uh, of of the last couple events that went out, like EGX went out and we got some really good news about that. Um, but there was some that I think kind of got put on the, the side as far as like importance, because I, I think that, you know, the conversation couldn't really progress further than beyond this. But um, if you guys don't know, uh, a friend of the show and a, and a good guy, Insipid Ghost, does the Xbox Expansion Pass. Um, he's been doing this podcast for a while now, and he's been playing Sea Thieves for, for a very long time. Um, not nearly as long as, as most of you, and probably not nearly as frequent, but he still has a fair amount of hours under his belt. And uh, he's been wanting to, to interview Mike Chapman for a while. And I wanted to let you guys know about this because... This uh, most recent episode that just came out as of the time of the recording is um, available now. And he actually has a very interesting uh, interview with Mike Chapman. Now, I know Mike's been doing the rounds. You know, I saw him over on, on Blubber's uh, podcast as well as um, Insipid Ghosts. And I know that, you know, Chris Alcock was over recently on uh, the um, oh, my gosh, why am I blanking on this conversation, um, which is is uh it's a play on words for Donkey Kong, but Kong, K-O-N-G, versation, uh, talking about the book. And I haven't talked about Heart of Fire right now because I'm about halfway through it. Um, so I haven't really wanted to dive into too much because there's still some stuff that I know would be spoilers and such. But um, I'm looking to hopefully finish reading through that. You guys wouldn't believe this, but I actually don't, <laughs> actually don't have a lot of time to read. Um, the time that I have to read usually cuts into my family time. Um, so and, and already... I'm, I'm way behind on watching shows with my wife. So we, we, we typically, we've been watching Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, that's kind of like the quick one we can jump to. We've been trying to watch uh, the Harley Quinn show. Um, we've been wanting to watch, or we've been trying to keep up on uh, the House of the Dragon Game of Thrones show. That's like the one that we're, we're religiously trying to watch each week. Um, but like shows like uh, Andor, or no, uh, what, is, what is the Star Wars one? Alderaan? I think it's Alderaan. Um, the start, the latest Star Wars one. Haven't gotten to watch that yet. Haven't been able to jump into that. I've been trying to keep up on Cyberpunk, but that's not gonna that's not gonna work out. So for the most part, like we'll we'll, we'll kind of sit down and and I'll try to read. Um, and she may go watch. Uh, like what is she watching? Gilmore Girls right now, or or like Bachelorette or whatever the Bachelor in Paradise is. I think right now. Um, so I haven't gotten to finish that yet because it's either making content, doing streams, uh, recording podcasts, like. I surprisingly have not gotten a chance to, to really just kind of sit down and relax. I need like to take a work day off so that I can actually go and, <laughs> and just sit down and finish the book. 
Um, but so far, uh, I, I would say that the book is actually really good. And I'm getting off topic here because I was I was intending to do this as a plug for Incipit Ghost. So head over, go listen to the Xbox expansion pass for the interview with Mike Chapman. Uh, Luke is a fantastic interviewer. He's really good at, at pulling out really interesting questions. Um, and Mike, as you know, is really good about giving good teases that don't don't kind of like dump everything off on the table and be like, all right, here's what we're doing, uh, but gives enough to be able to get people interested. And so I wanted to read some of the details because um, as of the, the recording, it isn't out yet, but I got a little bit of a preview. So the discussion kind of comes down to um, how many teams are working on Sea of Thieves, uh, what their roles are, and then uh, they they end up deciding or they end up discussing the the time gated content for uh, games as a service as a title, how to keep the team healthy and avoid crunch, uh, what planning room there is in the roadmap, and what that looks like for 2022 or excuse me 2023 and 2024, um, and then kind of just what makes Rare special. Uh, so, and, and there's a couple more things in the interview that I'm not going to uh, talk about, but I, I would, I would recommend you go actually listen to it, uh, because I think there's going to be some stuff that is, is talked about in there that pertains to a certain email that went out that I can't talk about a, because it would be breaking NDA and two, because I deleted it immediately. So I actually don't know what's in it, but. Uh, if you don't know, there was an insider email that went out that and, and they've been talking about the insider um, program on Twitter lately uh, so so that people can actually like get on and uh, log on and, and start testing features. Um, I'm assuming it's pertaining to the next season because that's generally what the cadence is like. I, I don't think we're going to be looking at things for like season nine at this moment. We're probably working on season eight stuff in the in the insider. I don't actually know because I don't actually do anything on insider except report weird stuff that I find on outposts. Um, but I did see that there was an insider email, which means they're probably talking about it on Twitter, which means they're probably pushing out a build uh, for for people to test. So I'm, I'm hoping that the that the content that they're breaking in there is something that people like. Um, if I had to guess, I would probably say that it's it's well, it's either. OK, so it's either what I want it to be, which is actually like a private hideout. Like I, I want like my own little private hideout that I can use some of those um, uh, milestone things for uh, little trinkets. I, I, I'm hoping that's what it is. I can't imagine that's what they would want people to log on to, to test. I feel like that could be something that would just be able to do, to do. So I'm assuming it's probably tied to an adventure that they want to test out that is probably in response to um, probably in response to the hunter's cry. Cause I, I feel like, I feel like they're trying to find out like in insiders, what do people do when they're put into another scenario that might be like the hunter's cry? Because if it, it 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 does genuinely feel like they were a little broadsided by uh, or blindsided, I think it's blindsided um, by the the actual reaction to what happened during hunter's cry, which is why they had to kind of like push out that fix for it. Um, so if I had to guess. The reason they're probably pushing people to insiders right now probably pertains to another adventure that will involve multiple crews because they want to see how people are going to react to each other the way that they actually reacted in Hunter's Cry when it came out as opposed to probably what it was actually like in Insiders because I would imagine Insiders was probably like best case scenario if i had to if i had to guess which is probably why they were so surprised at how things actually turned out so i'm i don't know i would i would love to know um but i also don't want to be spoiled on it because we just got a tease for the next adventure which um if you guys haven't uh if you guys haven't had a chance uh the the I, and i think i touched on this last episode but if i haven't um then the herald of the flame uh, is going to be the new adventure and and we're actually getting a trailer in in hours at this point like it's it's less than a day away um we've got uh the herald of the flame we have finally got like a little teaser of it i'm i'm excited because stitcher jim is back stitcher jim has the ashen curse now uh and the um the little pendant the, so there's a thumbnail on on youtube and there's 34 people waiting right now who these 34 people are i'm i don't know who you are but congrats for for waiting this early but uh 
Stitcher Jim is is um, on the thumbnail at this point, and he has the Ashen Curse. Uh, he he does not. He's not wearing his um, Ashen. Oh, what is it? The Ashen Reaches? No. What was the name of their crew? It was the it was the Forsaken Shores Alliance, um, and uh, so they had the little fiery pendant and that necklace. Uh, that that look is is not something that Stitcher Jim is wearing in this. So he has shed his past. He is now uh, acting as I'm assuming the herald of the flame, um, which is is really interesting to me because it, it it kind of speaks to what the potential is going forward, right? Like we're we're clearly working our way up to try and figure out like what's going to happen with Captain Flameheart. We know that the Reaper's Bones have been trying to uh, find a way to get Flameheart back to the Sea of Thieves, and that has been their persistent goal. Um, with the Dark Brethren Court coming in, it's obvious that they are trying to uh, take control of the Sea of Thieves for themselves and doing so in different ways uh, to try and understand, like, you know, is is going through the sea of the damned the best way to get the uh relics that they need to be able to have control of the sea of the damned is that even their actual goal uh what what is it that the uh reaper's bones are, are looking to do um once they actually have flame heart back uh how do they plan on getting him back what can we do to stop him uh or, or and by him i mean flame heart senior not flame heart junior and the reaper's bones because i imagine they'll probably stick around for a, a good long time or will we actually get to a point where with the uh, Reaper's Bones, we have a change in leadership? That would be a very interesting storyline because, you know, we, we're getting to the to the point now where there's there's we're getting to like a, a what I would imagine would be like a war. I don't know if we'll actually get a war war, you know, like in the sense of, of like a you know, World of Warcraft uh, having like two factions. Um, but you can see like the 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 basis that has been kind of building over time, right? Like uh, Pirate Lord has become a lot more active. We've got Bell, we've got Merrick. Um, you know, there's been, there's been a growth with the Athena's Fortune uh, a group, and it, they become a lot more um, paramount in kind of keeping the status quo for Sea of Thieves and protecting it, right? Meanwhile, we have the Reaper's Bones constantly trying to get uh, Flameheart Senior back, and we're still kind of like in the wings. We're waiting for Captain to to show up, and if he does actually show up, and I'm going to be very curious to try and see. Uh, or not try and see, but to, but to wait and see what is going to happen. What is the eventuality of Captain Flameheart? If we're able to defeat him, do we have to actually beat Flameheart Jr. as well? Like, and if that's the case, that will essentially leave a bunch of dissenters in the forms of the the Reaper's Bones still left in the Sea of Thieves, but they will be headless. You know, and, and how much bite can a snake have if it doesn't have its head? So. I'm very curious about how this is going to play out because on the surface, I I still have a hard time, and this is this is where Rare can really surprise me. Uh, I have a hard time believing that they will do anything as drastic as figuring out a way to remove Flameheart Jr. from the Reaper's Bones position, in which case, who will take up the mantle? Um, and after reading through some of the book, I'm 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 up to the point where uh and i and i don't think this is too big of a spoiler but uh the the morning star crew is going after the thing that they have to do that might actually help prevent the reaper's bones from becoming the reaper's bones essentially and um i think that there's characters that are being laid out in the book that might actually come into play and um i'm starting to wonder if those characters might have some history that might explain a little bit about what might happen in the future with the game. Um, it could be something as simple as Stitcher Jim is uh, the one that will end up supplanting Flameheart Jr. And then Stitcher Jim will be the person that we that we see at the uh, Reaper's Bones hideout. My, my big goal with this is, or not with my goal, but I guess a dream. Yeah. I'll call it a dream. My big dream for this is that uh, we will finally get to see the Reaper's Bones hideout in its in its full 
it's full uh, final form if you want to go for the Dragon Ball Z reference, right? Uh, I want to be able to go down into the Reaper's bones. I want to see what's down there, what they would, you know, what has has happened uh, to cause this. Because we've ever since like December of 2021, we've always had those teases, the little the little orb stream, right? And, and we've never seen that come to fruition with the uh, opening of the, of the actual uh, uh, little door, trap door thing that's in there. You know, we always hear the the way it kind of creaks open and the chains pulling it up. And, you know, we never really see what's going to, to come down in there. But we notice that things are starting to change around there that might imply that we're getting closer and closer to what I think will eventually be the pirate legend uh, tavern version of the Reaper's Bones, and that we'll finally be able to go down in there. At that point, do like, and that's the that's the curious thing. Like at that point, if that happens, which I'm hoping it does, do we actually get to have uh, Flameheart Junior down in the little tavern there? Does he move down in there? And if that's the case, does Stitcher Jim act as the um, for lack of a better term, the bouncer uh, for uh, the the Reaper's Bones hideout tavern, or or uh, I, don't even, I don't even know what you call a hideout's hideout, but it's a, a hideout or the proper hideout at that point, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to kind of see like where this is all leading to, what it's what it's going to culminate in, because with Flameheart, it's he's been around so long, he's been so uh interwined or entwined yeah entwined with the story between like duke and stitcher jim uh with with um oh, uh, pendragon you know just everything is kind of like he's been the looming over or the 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 baddie that's been looming over the sea of thieves for the entire story arc for pretty much everything outside of the the pirate's life campaign so I, i'm i'm very curious to see if we will get to a point where that will end and if so will the herald of the flame be kind of the kickoff to the end of captain flameheart or the eventual uh fight between captain flameheart and if that ends uh does it end and, and that's one of the community decisions that i'm curious about like is that going to be a community decision if it does what does that mean for the dark brethren court like if we have flameheart stopped will that leave a power vacuum in the sea of thieves and allow the dark brethren court to uh for all intents purposes take all of the the goons you know i'm trying to think of it as like bond villains at this point uh but if it's able to take all of the the goons the reaper's bones uh uh, uh fans or, or uh, loyalists in onto their side say like hey you know captain flameheart was taken out and while captain flameheart is gone we know someone who's better than captain flameheart and as such and, and it goes into the captain story right and then we start to actually get like the captain's history and, and, and information there and we get to find out for real if, if it actually is hook and if it actually is hook uh how um hook's character will be fleshed out in a sea of thieves way because i i don't see it necessarily being a Disney story that they're wanting to tell because I think they've they've been able to do that and I think they've done a really good job with Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones and all that good jazz but I do think that they want to keep the characters for Sea of Thieves the lore centric characters uh, based around what Sea of Thieves inception of those characters are because genuinely I think they have a lot more control over it they can do what they want and they don't necessarily have to worry about um, kind of making sure that too much is uh, uh moved away from the actual like disney aspect of those characters like you can only take those characters so far before you start uh moving them into a direction that would be harder for disney to really kind of separate the uh the the two lines of of uh storytelling because right now we have jack sparrow and, and, and everything that's happened in sea of thieves is, is considered canon for jack sparrow um i can't see them doing that with hook as much as i think like an original version of the captain being hook but being the unspoken hook you know he's, he, he is hook but he's he's nobody calls him hook everyone just calls him captain um so i do think that if we get hook um i i think there's a, a closer chance that uh it will be something that's closer to what sea of thieves's hook would be than than disney's hook will be if that maybe kind of 
uh, makes f folks feel a little bit calmer about the sense that Hook is Captain and that Captain will probably come in if Flameheart is defeated. If if the the next community decision, which I think I, I would hope that Rare would would make something would be bold enough to do something like that. I, d I don't know that they could really. I don't know if they want to do that because it's obvious that they have a lot of storage written out for the future of the game. Obviously, we've got the next two years kind of in the works as far as like general ideas of where they want the story to go. And the closer it gets to those storylines, uh, the more they kind of flesh out as they're kind of like uh, getting closer and closer to actually building the content for it. But I would love it if a community decision was to decide like, does Flameheart stay? Does Flameheart go? How do we stop him? What happens to Flameheart Jr.? All that good jazz, I think it would be fantastic. And we're hopefully going to find out more about that with the Herald of the Flame. And I'm, I'm curious what this adventure is actually going to uh deal with because like right now we've just had bell um going through stitcher james's stuff and kind of looking for the importance uh, uh kind of information that she needs and we still really haven't gotten a good answer as to what are the mysteries what is the information that uh that the the uh, dark brethren court was seeking from Merrick and and Bell, well, when they had Merrick um, in in their grasp, so I'm very curious to kind of find out, like, is there information that even um, that even Bell is is learning and trying to understand that she can't explain at the moment, and that we won't be able to actually find out for sure like what the whole scope of everything is until we actually get to the the first herald of the flame reveal so i'm, I'm sure a lot of you are kind of like you know telling me i'm wrong or i haven't got it straight because you've already been doing the insider content but obviously i like to be able to kind of jump into this speculative um narrative telling just because i i, I love the lore so much and i like to think about like what's going to happen without being spoiled especially when um, even if I, if, if I were to know like what was going to happen, um, it would be weird to try and talk around that, try and speculate around that, uh, when it, ha when it's not out, like it's easy to talk about it after it's already come out because then I can sit there and say, oh, well, this is what we knew. This is what we, uh, experienced. And then this is what I would like to see. This is what I would have liked to have seen afterwards. Um, but that's, I don't know. I kind of like to play around with ideas and where things could go. It's, it's fun to kind of, uh, throw out ideas and see what sticks. But I think that is um, it for that. Let's get into some of the stuff that's actually pertinent per date. Um, and again, I I, I know that the, the cinematic is going to be out to, uh, on Monday. Um, so if you guys are, are looking forward to that, uh, let me know. Let me know what you guys think of it. I would love to get some feedback on that. You guys have been writing in about some good stuff lately. Um, and then, of course... On this Thursday, the event will actually go live. So the 13th will actually be the kickoff for that. And believe it or not, we actually have some content that's coming uh, for Twitch as well on the 14th. So if you don't know, uh, Twitch drops are coming this weekend, this coming weekend, and it starts on October 14th and goes to October 18th. You have four drops and you need to be able to watch a partnered streamer for Sea of Th or a partnered Sea of Thieves streamer uh, to be able to get these. Each of the four items will require one hour per item. You'll probably have to claim it. Again, I would recommend going on to... Um, if you're using Google, I would recommend going on to the Google extensions uh, page and looking for the automatic Twitch drops moments and points uh, 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 extension. It's a good one. You can set it up, look into it. You're, you're going to thank me for later because it will automatically claim and uh, claim any any drops that come as well as any points uh, or channel points or any kind of moments. Um, all of those are claimed. So I've I've been doing it for a while now, probably the last two months, and I've had 21 claims uh, and the last one was nine days ago. I didn't have to touch anything. I just opened up the website and it did it for me. So it's a great, great extension, especially for those of you who can leave the page open, but can't necessarily keep a timer going uh, to be able to know like when the hour is up. And the four items in question are the Eastern Winds Sapphire Weapons. And let me tell you, I'm looking at these. They're they're speaking to my style because I don't know if you guys know this. You, you may know this. You may not know this. But if you don't know this, I love Obsidian Blades. I don't care what obsidian blade it is. I love obsidian blades. 
I am sad that the obsidian sword from uh, the, the, the obsidian set does not actually have a black blade, but I love black blades. In fact, I've been using the ferryman cutlass uh, basically since the game came out because it's it's the one sword that I've been able to have access to that has a black blade. Um, so I love black blades and the eastern winds sapphire weapons uh, are black and gold and uh, whew, they look good. They look really good so i would definitely recommend if you can set aside four hours of time get one of these uh that get this extension so that you can uh set it up so that it'll automatically claim your drops and go hog wild just let it take let it take all of all of the twitch drops that sea of thieves is willing to give um because i think you'll really enjoy these i know i'm going to enjoy these drops um but that's coming again remember you have to be watching a sea of thieves partner you have to be able to watch for an hour per reward so four hours total doesn't matter when you can do it anytime all the rewards can be earned at any time during these dates all you have to do is just make sure that you claim it after the first one uh goes through to get to the next drop so really happy to see these i think they've done a great great job of uh designing the obsidians uh or excuse me the eastern winds sapphire weapons and i think the last uh bit of story or news that I wanted to talk about this week actually pertains to the artistic side of Sea of Thieves. If you guys don't know, there is a Twitter handle as well as a Discord uh, called the Ard Club. And uh, I have been having a really good time in Inktober, which if you don't know, is the artist challenge for October. Every October, artists um, each day have a prompt. And I would say that this one is more Sea of Thieves related since it's being done by the Artful uh, or the Art Crew and it's the Artful October. But typically, uh, artists usually get a prompt and each month or each day is a different prompt. So um, I think it was a match yesterday, if I recall correctly. And then like the day before, I'm looking here to see what it is. Let's see. So yeah, day eight was match. Day seven was trip. Um, day six was bo boutique uh, or bouquet. Yeah, bouquet, uh, not boutique. And then day five was like flame. So Sea Thieves has been doing their own through the art club. And the art club has had different days as well. So day one was lantern, day two was trap, three was ghost, four was crooked, five was candle, six is crew, seven was dark, eight was uh, sword, and nine today is um, ship. And I've been trying to partake in this. So if you guys don't know, uh, over on the artful or the art art club, um, it is being run by Carrie the Legend or Owl. And Owl is a fantastic member of the community. Uh, she's been doing artwork for Sea of Thieves for a very, very long time and um, is very welcoming to all types of artists. Doesn't matter what your history with art is, how good you are, how bad you are, doesn't matter. All art is welcome because all of it is beautiful. And um, I have been working with her for some stuff that I don't want to talk about just yet, um, but I'm hoping that I'll be able to in the future. And with that, I uh, was convinced, easily convinced, to pick up a new drawing tablet. And um, I, I had strayed away from this because for a long time I had been kind of on the back burner. I used to do artwork on the regular basis. I, I went to college for art. Um, I, I used to know how to do 2D animation, like traditional Disney Fox animation studio. Like my teachers used to do uh, like Titan AE or Treasure Planet. Like they used to work on those films. Um, and most of them after the, the college that I went to closed down and I still had to pay that debt, uh, they all went off and started working for Disney or Lucasfilm and stuff and didn't bring me along. Um, but I, I attribute that to other things. I, I got a job after college and I had to start paying off my debt and I didn't get a I didn't get a good I didn't get enough money to be able to buy a, a good enough PC to be able to, to run 3D programs back in the day. Nowadays it's really super easy to be able to get into things like Blender and all kinds of stuff and get back into that. But I've been so so far out of the game that it's it's going to take a lot of practice and a lot of studying to get back up to the state that I was. Aside from all that, um, I have been uh, using the little uh, X-Pen Deco Mini 7 that um, Owl recommended to me. And I think I think I think it was like 40, 40 bucks uh, online. Um, I ordered that. 
and I got it in and I started playing around with it because I'm already using Photoshop for for Sea of Thieves and for for content that I'm making for online already. And uh, I decided to get back into drawing and I've been having a blast with it. Um, I've been trying to make a point uh, this first week. I was able to stream um, five full days, I believe, uh, of, of me actually drawing artwork. And I've been trying to kind of stay up on this. I want to stay up on the daily challenges. Uh, it's really tough with running two podcasts um, to be able to keep up on each daily prompt because I'm noticing that each piece that I've been working on has been about two to three if not four hours worth of of uh dedication as i'm kind of like putting in um like what i can to actually make this art look good enough that i'm happy with it it's it's by far it's by no means amazing but i still really really love it um but I've been having a really good time. Um, I've been leaning heavily on Shelly as uh, my desired artist, uh, kind of a chosen character to be using for a lot of these prompts. I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, and, and overall, uh, it's been a really, really interesting dive back into the art world, uh, getting back into drawing on a regular basis. Um, and I got to say that the discord that uh, Owl has kind of created with this, with the um, art club is fantastic and and it's been really fun to kind of actually see like what everyone's been doing how everyone's been contributing and the reason i bring this up is not for my own personal reasons but because uh sea of thieves themselves actually did a nice little tweet about this they actually um talked about this on a sea of thieves post that recently came out uh so if you guys didn't see uh over on the twitter account they actually published the art club's uh version of of, of the prompt which was the i believe of the day the challenge was crew and uh so um james bowden over at uh the social media team as well um as well as joe Turo, uh, who is also part of the community team and uh, uh could be carrie who's also one of the community members and then matt roth who's one of the graphic designers over at rare who, who's actually been doing a lot of the um uh the community day artwork uh he's been working hard on that but he also does a lot of good work outside of that uh just on like marvel or or uh just general artwork and for different ips and things like that he's just been drawing a lot um but to get to the point they actually put out some photos and it was really great to see like everyone's kind of idea of what uh, a crew was so like there was the first crew who was like all the little pills um and there was a beautiful uh piece with jotaro and, and them and, and like their pirates kind of face to face uh and then there was another one where they all had kind of like decorations uh together like christmas decorations and halloween decorations and and just kind of using their pirates all together to um kind of a, a showcase like what their crew is and i was really happy to see that sea of thieves was kind of taking what the community had created and um applying it themselves you know in in really kind of taking on the challenge of, of something that the community did and uh using it to showcase like not only what the community is doing but also the fact that um they want to participate they want to jump into this because if it's one thing that anyone who's actually gotten to meet some of the devs from the studio know the devs really love uh, this game and, and the community. They really love all of the people that are that are contributing to the Sea of Thieves community as well as the feedback and stuff like that. Like they they really know like how much we love it and they they love that we love it as well too. So when I see stuff like this and then they, they're really kind of working to um, take something that that was just within the community and and really kind of showcase uh, the community's thing, but also by by supporting it. I love to see that. I want to see more of that from uh, from Rare as well, too. Um, and, and, and what I mean by this is I, I particularly hope that the community team is looking at ways to try and showcase content that isn't streamer specific. Because if it's one thing I've I've learned about Sea Thieves as uh, both as a game, as a business as well, but mostly a game um, and the community is that there are very uh, there's there's a very fine line between what is a marketable approach to community and what is a uh, goodwill 
approach to community. Um, supporting things like SOT Fest, uh, supporting things like the art club, supporting things like uh, prop making, things like that. Those are great ways that are easy to be able to support the community and the, the actual welfare of the community. Um, with, with marketable approaches though, that is something where it is a little closer aligned to uh, YouTube content, to streaming content, to being able to um, do things like the the uh, Sea of Thieves TV, right? And because of that, because of, of the way that streaming can work with Twitch drops and stuff like that, it's a lot easier to go out and find uh, Twitch streamers who are passionate about the game, who are interested in becoming partners, and who are dedicated to working on those days uh, where, and I say working literally, uh, on the days where you have Twitch drops, who have that availability, who have the, the freedom of streaming to be able to jump in and uh, be able to go on to the Sea of Thieves TV stream. And because Rare is a UK-based company, it tends to make things a little bit easier for the, the, the folks that are working over there when they're working their typical jobs uh, to be able to look at people that are on during the time zones where they can kind of manage what's going on in the channel, right? Like there are people that work for Rare that are on the uh, NA side that are working in, in NA time zones, but most of the people there are generally supported port and they're typically working through Microsoft due to legalities but I would love it if there was a way for Rare to continue to take a look at the community who doesn't actually uh, do streaming and, and look at just about everyone else um, because right now they've got great ways to support uh, the mods and the the uh the the people that are kind of the quartermasters like they've given them sales and given them stuff they have the hats that are available for like sea of thieves community day for people who are uh, uh, uh pillars of the of the community to represent um the the best of the community right and they have things like that but i love when we have things like this which is kind of an art challenge and they're starting to do this with the fashionista stuff where they're doing the style of thieves uh to be able to showcase like people who are better at style than they are at photography uh, to be able to come up with good designs for things like that. And it's really going towards a positive trend uh, that I've noticed with, with the community team. And I really love that they're doing this because um, so many people are out in the community that are maintaining websites, that are updating wikis, that are writing articles that are creating music, that are creating artwork, that are creating podcasts, that are creating um, content that is not just focused on the streaming aspect of Sea of Thieves. And because they are still very integral in my eyes to the community as a whole, to the healthiness of the community, they add to the pool of knowledge of people who have ideas about the game about what they like about the game what they don't like about the game and their feedback their creativity is expressed in a way that doesn't always get showcased because it isn't always a stream now some people can stream your artwork you can stream like videos and put them up on youtube you can put out your podcasts out there and stuff like that but it's harder for rare to actually have them on a list of these are the people that we want to reach out to to promote stuff for the game they're not necessarily the business approach for community content and i really wonder if there's a way that we can actually do that if there's a way that for example with podcasts it's a little bit easier because i can have a code that code can be uh, tied to a website that you have to go to that is set up by Sea of Thieves. Now, of course, obviously anything developed in Sea of Thieves and by Rare has to, you know, that has to get worked into the budget for people's time and energy, right? So it's not just as easy as coming up with a code and telling people to go to a website, but there's also the forums. And if there is a way that say like on the forums, if you go and you post uh, three things about the um, Sea of Thieves community that you'd love or uh, three events that you thought were the best in Sea of Thieves and uh, the best seasons that you had, then anyone that enters in through that forum on SOT would be eligible for a code. And that code would be something that would be promoted through the podcasts. 
And the code would then be picked and that person could get a DM and it would be uh, uh, their gamer tag would be added to the list of uh, people who are going to be uh, getting the code for th that that contest. Right. Um, so in, in the reason I bring this up is because. Lizzie LaRue uh, does a Sea of Thieves photo contest on, on f the forums. And I, I talked about this in, in past episodes, so I know I'm kind of rehashing old news here. Uh, but that is a, a person who is a strong pillar in the, in, the, in the community, but doesn't stream and makes props. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering, and maybe this is a call to action for, uh, for Rare, if uh, they hear this or if people pass this information on to them, um, that there would be a way for uh, artists to um, have to like come up with commissions for rare or uh, come up with um, things that, that they can do to uh, see about um, adding value to the community that gets showcased by the team at rare so that those people can feel more included with the rest of the, let's call it the quote-unquote marketable uh, pool of people for Sea of Thieves, because it genuinely does feel from, uh, and, and, and I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I will speak for myself, it does genuinely feel like the streamers uh, tend to get preference when it comes to marketing material, when it does come to uh, promotion for the game. And I'm not asking for special treatment, but I would like to be included um, in the conversations that are happening with that. You know, I want to be in the room where it happens. And I know a lot of other people that are making content for Sea of Thieves, uh, whether it's either drawing, whether it's uh, articles, or whether it's um, uh, some podcasts, things like that, or props, um, that would love to have this as well. They would love to be included in the conversation when it comes to what can be done to promote the healthiness of the community because i think that is where the strength lies with sea of thieves is our community we are the people that are playing the games we are the people that are making content for the games and our voice is typically the one that gets uh, spread around because of the um, type of, of folks that we want to bring into the game right marketing will always bring new people in Community is the one that teaches and cultivates that community, those new people. And it all kind of stems from uh, the, the pirate code and always going back to the pirate code, looking at the pirate code and thinking, how is this being represented in Sea of Thieves? What do you guys think about this? Do you like it? Do you think that would be fun? Is there something that you do that you think would be uh, a fun way to kind of get Rare's attention? Like, what are you creating that you want to have Rare uh, notice? And let me know. Let me see if there's a way that I can help with um, my content to help kind of promote that, whether it be through Twitter, whether it be through uh, the podcast. I'm always curious. And to kind of tease this a little bit, um, I'm going to be bringing on a streamer very soon. Uh, hopefully the timing works out, but um, thanks to SOT Fest as well as EGX and the Keel Halt community, um, I've been able to get in touch with a, some some of the, the bigger streamers that are out right now for Sea of Thieves and get their permission to invite them onto the podcast. So I'm going to be working with um, one very soon and then a few more after that that I want to make sure that I am scheduling them out so that uh, they have enough notice, they they can uh, adjust for any of their streaming times, or we can kind of work out the timing on things so that I can record with them and we can sit down and have a conversation. So very soon, I will probably be reaching out to my gold hoarders because it's a smaller pool of people. And I know that they'll probably have uh, more, they'll, they'll probably be paying, paying closer attention to the time frame of this and seeing if they have any questions for the streamer. Um, and uh, in, in that instance, I can then talk to them uh, when I'm actually doing the interview, pass on those questions to them. If you have something and they never, uh, in, in, they may not be as approachable on their Twitch chat because of how popular they am, so on and so forth and stuff like that. But if you have any questions for uh, them um, before then, I will say it now. Uh, this the streamer that I'm hoping to get is Beardageddon. Um, and if everything works out, it'll be great. We'll have a good conversation um, unless we need to reschedule and postpone the episode for a later date. Uh, but we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but we're hoping to have that episode out um, sometime this month in the next coming week. So um, if that's something that you're interested in talking to him about and you want to send me a question for him, 
feel free to let me know. Uh, you can always send out your, your uh, question through email. Um, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com is the show, uh, the, the show's email, um, which in hindsight probably should have been called Keelhold Pod, I know, but that's a whole nother topic for another day. Otherwise, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My DMs are open at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, you can always message me um, through Patreon as well if, if that's where you're um, currently at and you're usually talking to me through there or if that's where you want to get a hold of me if you want me to notice it for sure um, otherwise I would jump into the Keelhaul Discord the link is in the show notes as always and there is a questions and feedback section there gold orders you can use your channel uh, but the questions and feedback channel is something that I always keep an eye on as well too and feel free to let me know if there's something that you want to ask Beard again um, otherwise I will leave it where we're at right now with the podcast and I think that's pretty much going to do it so um, thank you to everyone who's uh, recently either joined the discord uh, reached out to me personally um, left comments on the YouTube channels make sure if you guys are watching the YouTube version uh, subscriptions are doing great I'm over 500 now thank you so much I didn't expect that um, I can actually make posts on YouTube which is a weird thing I didn't I don't know what I'll use that for if I do use it but you know feel free to let, let me know um, if, if there's something that I'm missing out on that I need to be better about on uh, on YouTube but um, I will try to do what I can again as always this is this is kind of my hobby this is my second job um so i am always beholden to the the nine to five that i'm working every day uh throughout the week to try and make sure that i'm i'm putting money in the bank so that they don't kick me out of my home uh but outside of that i'm more than happy to to look and read through all the feedback i really appreciate all of your guys' feedback and uh and, and prompts for for topics on the episode as well too if you guys have a, a pain point that you want to talk about or something that you wanted to have discussion on in the community uh, to help galvanize your your thoughts on it feel free to let me know i always love taking these prompts and sticking them in my pocket for a day when we don't have quite as much news uh, but pirates i think that's going to do it so um as always thank you i love you and i look forward to sailing with you on the sea of thieves Radio.net.